Hey everyone, welcome back to Leadership Locker. So I'm a weird guy in the sense that I will interview people I've heard on other people's podcasts, not because I want to ask them the same things, but because I want to take it a little bit deeper. I wanted to go in another direction. And I just feel like, you know, what I am asking them for is going to be a little bit different than what everyone else is asking them for. So that's exactly what I did with Teresa De Pasquale. Um, and she was on uh, MFCEO project back in 2015. And um, I, I heard her, I made a note about it. I reached out she was awesome. So we got her on. Now her background really quick was, you know, I would say kind of a bunch of odd jobs. And then she fell in love with fitness, as you'll hear, uh, had a business there, brick and mortar, that transitioned to online. And then she went on to something else. And in order to find out, obviously you could go ahead and listen and it'll be really interesting. But uh, she's going to take us into, uh, you know, some of the nuts and bolts of, of things that we care about presently, which is our social media presence and some things to do. But before that, we're going to talk about some of the decision making points in terms of when to shift what you're doing to doing something else. We're going to talk about masterminds. We're going to talk about multiple aspects of business ownership that we all just always need to be considering. So let's go ahead and check it out. Here we go. All right. Well, um, I'm obviously not going to make you sit through an intro of yourself. I always think that is like the shittiest move to be like, just sit there while I talk about your background. So the first thing we'll do, Teresa, is you, if you could just give your like 30 second or 60 second about you, and then I'm going to hit you with a question. Hopefully there's no way you would have expected. So let's hit it. Yeah. So my name is Tracy Pasquale and I am an, on, an entrepreneur. Um, I started my entrepreneurial journey in the fitness industry and I built a pretty big business, wrote a book, had an app, did all the things. Um, I loved it. And about two years ago, I kind of decided it's time to, to hang up that bikini. <laughs> my company was Bikini Boss Fitness and to put, like transition into what I really love, which is the business and marketing side, because that's always been my passion. Um, but I kind of had to be the face of everything before. And so now I'm kind of like, I want to do this for everybody else and let them be the face of everything. And I'll just be the behind the scenes. So I own an agency and we do um, online branding, social media strategy, social media marketing, business development, all of the things. Yes, I can't. I can't wait. Uh, I think you posted recently, you know, you can't grow organically. And then you're like, hold my beer. And I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to we're going to talk about Instagram. because <laughs> I love I'm going to tell you straight up now. I loathe Instagram. But, uh, you know, I, I know it's a requisite. And I'm going to talk to you about things that always pop up that I'm sure you could answer. But the first question, though, we already kind of mm -hmm. uh, established you were Italian in, in some way, shape or form. But I had to, of course, go creep on your Instagram and just <laughs> look for look for things. Right. And I saw that you were uh, in Rome at, at some point. Tell me what your experience was like in Rome, because I lived in Italy for two years when I was in the Marine Corps, and I went almost all the time. But tell me about your experience in Rome and your favorite memory from there. Uh, well, I love Italy in general. I'm obsessed. And if we can ever go back there, I'm going back as soon as I can. <laughs> um, Rome was beautiful. I loved actually Trastevere, Trastevere which yes, is yes. Um, where like the locals live. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my absolute favorite. And I just got the chills. So I love the touristy thing. It's super cool. But you know, once you do it, you don't want to, you don't care again. It's like, all right, how many times can I see the Coliseum and like all those things? So when we went back the second time, we actually went to Trastevere and like ate where the locals ate. You always want to eat at tables with no tablecloths. Yes. That's the secret. If it's tablecloths, it's touristy. Don't eat there. 100%. So um, we went there and like, it was just, it's such a different world there. Like seeing all the old men at the tables outside of the restaurants, like playing poker and like smoking this. I, I just love it. I'm obsessed with Italy. Like I'm obsessed with it. Have you been to Sicily? So, 
I haven't been to Southern. No, we went, um, we've been, I went twice before COVID hit. We were supposed to go back again and we got canceled. Um, but we've done like Almafi, we've done Venice, we've done Rome, we've yeah. done um, Cinque Terre, like yeah. we've done a lot of places. Oh my God. I'm, I'm excited for you. So I'll tell you this. Go to Sicily when you can, of course, but we went to I'm, a place. I'm go. Yeah, we went to a place called Cephalu in Sicily, and it was like just a dream come true. Like my wife and I, I mean, we could have like stayed there forever and just forgot we had actual lives. But um, we actually named our daughter. People think it's insane, but my daughter's name is Sicily, our our, our second daughter, because it's just like oh, it's like it's like cute. we fell in love like that hard, right? Like it's just like, dude, like what means something to us? So I was like, cool, that's her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, well, thanks for sharing that. But let's yeah. get into the realness. So. Uh, I, I told you, uh, you know, how I heard about you. And it's like almost like we're going back uh, in time to talk about some of these things. And from another interview you were in, uh, you know, you were a bartender. You said you were like re- doing realty, some mm-hmm. of that. And then you fell in love with human yep. biology and health. <laughs> and then you started, you opened up a gym and then it turned into a couple gyms. And then it was brick and mortar to online. So like you're not unfamiliar with transitions, but my question to you is when you found out you were in love with health and biology, like at what point were you like, it's actually time to turn this into a business, like my business, I'm going to be doing this. And what kind of feelings did you have then? So it happened because it really honestly transformed my life. And it was such a big part of my life. And I felt like I almost kind of had an obligation to do it, to be able to like help others and like teach them what I learned. Because what I realized was a lot of people don't want to be unhealthy. They just don't know any better. They're not educated. And so like at that point, like when I learned and like changed my entire life, got off medications, you know, like got healthy, all these things, I was like, I have to like, this is my thing. Like I have to help people and like teach them all these things that I had no idea. So that's kind of like what led me to do it. And then I just have an entrepreneurial spirit. So I was like, Oh, let's open gyms. (laughs) And that was like my first, (laughs) yeah. My husband was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And yeah, we opened, um, we had a couple gyms in Tampa and then that was, it was so much work. And then I was, it was right when I was having my babies, like I had a little one and then I ended up getting pregnant again, lost it. And then I got pregnant again and had my daughter. And it was like, it was just so much over the course of five years that it was very, very stressful. And I ended up getting sick. And then we ended up closing one of them and kind of sold the other one for like nothing. Um, so, and then I took a break and that's, that's when I ended up online because I didn't know what I was going to do. And I'm like, I don't know how to not work. So I just totally pivoted and went online. Yeah. So when you had this epiphany, like I love health, it's helped me now so dramatically that I need to be able to do that. This is not like we're talking about, I don't know, landscaping or, or whatever. This is like an unbelievably crowded industry. Mm-hmm. For every Teresa, there's a Sarah, there's a Scott, and there's a Stuart, right? Like there's a million. So, and I understand your husband's reluctance, but did you even get phased by the fact that it was an already saturated industry and like think, how am I going to stand out? I honestly, I mean, I think it's actually a blessing and a curse as an entrepreneur because I think I really don't care what other people are doing. I just do my own thing. Like I literally don't even, I almost sometimes don't want to know because I just like to be in my zone and do what I want to do. So I don't even like look at competitors. However, as you get more sophisticated, you do need to do research to see what you're, you got to see what you're up against. Like what are people charging? What are they delivering? Like what's your like market position? Like, you know what I mean? Like like your position in the marketplace. You, you have to start doing research. But back then, no, I just like totally went, head down, here's what I'm doing, here's my thing, here's my brand, and built the whole thing. What would you say to people who do do that, who do look around? And I, like, I always think, you know, when you're on a motorcycle, 
where you look is where you kind of end up going a little bit, right? So yep. it's like same thing. Yeah. So what would you say to people who do do that and they're like cannot fucking help themselves? They're like, I need to see what's going on everywhere else. I think it's good if you can get out of your head about it because there's, you know, like if you're going to do it and be productive and see where, like if you look at your competitor and you're going to look at it and assess and say, how can I do this better or different? That's good. But if you're going to look at them and then say like, oh God, they already have you know, a million followers, I might as well just quit because I can't, there's no way I could do anything Then that's not good. So you need to have the right mindset when you're looking at them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely never looked at anybody as competition. I would like now, like I said, I do the assessment just to see like, where do my products and services fit? How can I make them better? I always want to be better. So like, I want to see other people making it. I want mine to be like 10 X better than everybody else. Cause that's just really important to me. Um, so that's why I look now not to copy them, but just to see like, you know, I want to make sure I'm way up here. So when you went to online then, and it was a totally different experience, obviously not high touch, it's just, it's digital. Did it feel like a good fit in the beginning or did it feel like, like, look, I don't have a choice. This is how it's, it's going down. So it's actually really funny because when I owned my gyms, it was, um, gosh, I think 2008 was like, you know, a couple of years in. So maybe it was around 2010 is right when I started the, the online fitness business. And we were actually looking from the gym and saying like, everyone's talking about this online training. And I'm like, how do you freaking do online training? This is so foreign. And I was like, so opposed to it. Cause I'm like, this is impossible. There's no way that you could do online training. Like how can you train somebody without being in person? And then like, as we went to, you know, we went going and we're like, we kind of have to learn how to adapt. So then I'm like, all right, screw it. Let me like figure this out. So I ended up like just testing some stuff and like trying it. And then when I went online and started my online fitness business, that's when I was like totally fully online. Like I was kind of like, oh, like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like this doesn't make sense. And, but it all, you just have to figure it out. It always works. There's always a way, especially with technology. There's so many ways. Yeah. So how did that go right. then? Really good. I had a huge fitness business. Um, at one point I was doing a lot of, um, I was a WB pro athlete. So I was doing like a lot of fitness competitions and I had a huge fitness team and like at one point we had over a hundred girls. So I had coaches that worked for me that helped coach that they had girls. And then like, I was like the head coach over all the coaches and it got exhausting. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Dealing with a hundred hungry, tired women <laughs> 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 was not the funnest. <laughs> um, so I kind of got burnt out of that. And I went a little bit more lifestyle, just kind of like selling programs versus me having to train people online, like online training. Um, and that was better, but I ended up joining a mastermind and, you know, if you're someone that's newer with entrepreneurship, I cannot underscore the, you know, the importance of investing in mentorship or like somebody that's already done what you're doing or what you want to do because it's worth every penny. Um, so I joined this online marketing mastermind because I was like, I need to just stop counting on social media organic. I want to like put my big girl pants on and learn online marketing. And after a couple of years of being in there and I had like just after the first year of my crash course learning, and um, I don't know if you do online marketing, but I remember they were talking and they're like, yeah, funnel. Da, da, da. And I'm like, funnel. I'm like, what is that for pre-workout? Like I had zero idea anything about marketing when I first started. I literally did not know anything. And literally within like the second year, the first year it was like deer in headlights. Second year I was like getting it and like just starting implementing it. And then like, as I started going, I was kind of like consulting and helping people on the side with their social media because I was just so good at it. And mine was great. So my mentor came to me and she was kind of like, Hey, why aren't you doing this? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you should just be, you should consider doing this like full time. And I was like, Hmm. And I'm honestly not going to lie. After 15 years of doing fitness, I was kind of tired of it. Like I love health and fitness. It'll always be a passion, but like having to be the face of fitness and the, the body. And I was just like super burnt out. So I was like, all right, I love this idea. Cause I, I've always loved the business side of what I did, the marketing and the analytics and like the, you know, like I love that side, but I had to be the face. 
So this was so appealing to me because now I'm going to be doing it for everybody else and they can be the face of their social. You know, I still have to do my own social, but it's, it's different. You know, like I now create brands for other people. So I really just love the idea. So yeah, I sold my fitness business and then started this company about two years ago. So and it's, it's going really, really well. Hey everyone. So Teresa got burnt out and we're going to find out what she decided to do about it afterwards. But first, I want to just talk to you guys about what we have going on. So Eliza has been spending a ton of time on Clubhouse. I've been warming up to it significantly. And I have to tell you that this real-time interaction and the, the way we approach building relationships is taken to another level. But what isn't taken to another level by many people is how to moderate a room. I'm sure you've been in rooms if you're familiar with it already, you know, that just have tons and tons of moderators and it's just, it's just not an enjoyable experience. And like, why would I sit in this room? It's just, it's just poorly run. Well, Eliza has been working on that and we have been working on something to help you. So we are going to be consulting for that. We're going to build out some frameworks to help you out. And we definitely want you to inquire if you're interested in that because this app is not going away and it's going to explode and it's going to mean the difference between success and not. So this is that early wave that we always talk about when it comes to certain platforms. You want to be on this early wave. So if you're interested in learning more, hit us up at info at richcardonamedia.com. Now let's see what happens with Teresa. So I once interviewed a woman named Shaleen Johnson. I don't know if you know her, but mm -hmm. yeah, so so I interviewed her and I went to where she is in California and we had an awesome interview and she said fitness was never necessarily what I wanted to do. Like, it's so important to me. It's kind of like she's saying, like you're saying, but she goes, once I realized, like I nailed that, like it really allowed me to be like, what are the other things that I want to do? It, it, it Not like it's, I'm over it necessarily, but I, I'm so much smarter now. Like, I don't want to yeah. limit myself to that. Do you feel like that's kind of what happened with you or was it yeah. just a suggestion from your mentor? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely getting really burnt out because when I was building the fitness business, my goal was I was bringing the coaches up so that they could be the face because I wanted to run the business. I, oh, I love the business side of it. And I just, I mean, if I had my way, I know this is going to sound terrible because I do social media, but if I had my way, I wouldn't even have my own social media and be doing it. But I do mine because, because you have to do it. This is why everybody, this is what I do for bills. Cause you have to do it these days. You cannot not have a social media. So I have to do mine. It's like the hairdresser with bad hair or, you know, the overweight trainer. You can't be that person. I have to have a social media. So I do it, but I, I love the back end of the business. I really do. So that's where as much as like, it was fun doing the fitness stuff for a while. It's still my passion. And I'll, I'm, it's a huge part of my lifestyle. And I still post about it, even though my pages are fitness anymore, but like this, this is my passion, like the content creation the branding, the marketing strategies. Like I love all of it. So I, I, I do want to go back to the mastermind thing because I am so, oh man, like I am so all over the place when it comes to that because I've been in a couple and I'm not saying I gave them like a, a year of my time or anything like that, but it just became the feeling that I was like, this is getting incestuous, right? Like it, I, people are selling to people within the mastermind. Like I was, I was speaking at one of the mastermind events that I just joined and I thought that was kind of odd. And I was just yeah. like, kind of just like, not yeah. sure. I'm just like, this is, this is a, uh, you know, whatever. And, and I, it could not get out of my mind that I was like this, some of the ringleaders here are trying to do so little and demonstrate how little they do. I actually mm -hmm. feel like they're not all in on me. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that was my experience, but talk to me about how yours yeah. was, because I know, I know there's good ones out there. Um, amazing. There are. Yeah. I mean, 
that's the thing is nowadays anybody can put something together and say it's a mastermind and try to sell to you. So you have to really be, you know, you got to vet who you're going with. Like the one that I got invited to was uh, kind of a curated group. So it's kind of like invite only. I don't mean it to be like it's elitist. I just mean they really try to make sure that like everybody can really help each other and you're not having too many of the same people. Like we're all kind of on the same level because like they want, you know, they want it to be, to make sense with everybody so that it all makes sense. So it was, I mean, it's amazing. The one that I joined is for health and wellness online marketers. It's called Mindshare Mastermind. It's incredible. JJ Virgin and Carl Grumacher. But I've been in it for, this is probably going to be my fourth year now. And I'm not in health and wellness anymore, but I'm still in health and wellness for mar- for marketing. Um, so I stay in it. And I honestly, like, they're still my mentors to this day. They're incredible. Like, they've helped me tremendously. So it's been an amazing experience. I have joined another one where I can say it was not as great, and I'm not going to list the name. Um, but a similar situation, I joined, I was paying, and then I spoke at the event, and then also I became one of their mentors. So I was like, why am I paying for this mastermind? <laughs> no shit. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm mentoring everybody in the group. Yeah. So I've totally been there, but I'm not, you know, like, but there are amazing ones out there. You have to really just find the good group. So, and mine, mine's been incredible. And I truly attribute a lot of my success to them. Yeah. In a previous interview, you talked about, what was that interview with Andy? You guys were talking about following your passion. Now, if you're following your passion, you like kind of doing the business piece. You know, you were enjoying the marketing, you were enjoying the online, and then you joined the mastermind. So now you like no shit have to be a practitioner and you need to dive deeper. You need to get granular and all the things that you may have not paid attention to, you got to pay attention to. So the question is essentially like, it's, it's incredibly important to be a practitioner, but when you're learning all that, when the hell can you execute? Because you said you were deer in the headlights for the first year. I completely understand what that's like. But how would you encourage people to be like, look, like you have to find a way to balance all the things coming in and all the action you have to take in order for this to even work? It's really hard in the beginning. Like you feel so overwhelmed. Like I always laugh and I'm like, I literally have my $100,000 online marketing degree because I've made so many effing mistakes and wasted so much money because I was just trying stuff because I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was learning so much and just trying to implement stuff without understanding the whole process. Like I would learn one tactic, but then not understand that you need the strategy behind the tactic. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I love, I always use Seth Godin's quote, like the strategy is what gets you your goal. The tactics are what get you to the strategy. So like I was learning the tactics, but I had no strategy. And then I was like, but nobody told me that. So I was just like wasting all this money. So, um, yeah, I spent like the first two years doing that. Um, until I finally like you make enough mistakes that you learn a lot and then you cannot make mistakes anymore. So I would say just like, you have to understand it's definitely not when you, especially like with the online marketing world, it is not an overnight process. There's so much to learn. And even when you learn, there's new things coming out that you still always have to learn. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving social media platforms, funnels, like what works, what doesn't like, there's a million things to consider. So the biggest thing is like not expecting yourself to master it overnight. You're not going to be an expert. You're not going to be successful even in the first couple of years. There's so much to learn, which is why for me, having that mentor in the group, it's invaluable because if you have questions and you can just immediately real-time get answers or like, I want to do this. Oh God, no, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like stop doing that. You're going to waste your money. Like, no, 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 that strategy is wrong. Or, you know what I mean? You have people to be like, no, hundred <laughs> percent instead of just trying to wing it on your own. So you then went from, you know, online fitness and we kind of talked about uh, what you do now. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, your company and and what it is that you hope to achieve? Yeah. So when I first started, I was just kind of doing consulting um, and that was great. But then my mentor again said, you really need to figure out how to do this for people because nobody wants to do it themselves. And I was like, there's no way I'm always like, in the beginning, you're always like, 
It's like, you're stubborn. Like, I'm just like, I can't do that because I can't become the person. She's like, Oh no, you, she's like, you need to figure it out. I'm like, all right, well, I figured it out. We're very good at it. And it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Like we're really good at like staying on brand. Like we, I always laugh because I'd say probably 65 to 70% of our clients are like health and wellness experts or doctors. So I would say I'm not a doctor, but I play one on Instagram, (laughs) you know, the TV show. Like I'm not, I play one on TV. Um, so we started with, I started doing consulting and then I turned it into like, we have a full service agency. So we do everything for the clients, like with everything with social media. Um, and then from there, you know, with the service industry, I realized I can't take 5 million clients cause I don't, I don't want to take 5 million clients cause it's not fun when you have too many people, it's stressful. So I was like, what can I do for people that either can't afford to work with me or, or, uh, maybe have a team member. They just want to train more or whatever. So I created a course of like everything that we do at the agency that just teaches you like the blueprint. Um, and so that went, that's been going great. And then from there, now I'm doing more like info products. So like little things teach people quick wins about like how to use reels better. Like how to, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, a hashtag handbook, like how do you optimize your hashtags and like, you know, hit the top of the hashtag. So like little things like that, just to help them succeed with social media. You posted recently that, you know, there was, it was just kind of, uh, a post and all it said was you can't grow organically on Instagram. And then right underneath that, it was like, hold my beer. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't grow organically on Instagram. I've been doing it for however long and blah, blah, blah. I have all the <laughs> excuses in the world that you would probably just be like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like you haven't been doing it right or whatever. Like you haven't optimized this. You haven't done this. Your profile doesn't make sense. Your grid is probably whatever. But I think it's like, oh, no, but this is good content. And I've now, of course, realized, like, look, it's not what I think is good, right? Just like your product, whatever your product is, and it doesn't even have to be social media related. It's not what you think. Like, they're everyone's going to tell you whether it's good or not. So in this day and age where Instagram is super saturated and you got Clubhouse coming out and you have TikTok and all this stuff and people still realize Instagram is important, what can you say to reassure people that it is actually possible to grow a community and a following on Instagram? It's not, it's only possible. It's, it's essential that you do that. And I think I tell people like, I mean, if you're not using Instagram for your business, you are totally missing out because in my opinion, it's one of the best platforms for anyone that wants to use to monetize it eventually, or to, even if you're not doing direct promos to get them into your community so you can monetize or whatever that looks like for you. Um, Because there's just so many different features on Instagram now that, that you can reach your ideal audience. And the best part that I love about Instagram, you can grow organically if you have the right strategy and you can use certain things like hashtags. Um, you can optimize your profile with SEO to really attract your ideal people, which you can't do on a lot of other platforms. So, I mean, you can use like TikToks on, um, or hashtags on TikTok. Like you can do some things, but I feel like Instagram has like the most of all the things. It's like, if you want to do it, it's on Instagram and they're really doing, they're putting a lot of features in now to make it more like a search engine. So I don't know if you've gone to your search bar. Um, and I think we might send in a newsletter about this soon, but if you go to your search bar now at the top, you'll see like scrolling, like topics, like do it yourself, how to boss babe quotes, content ideas. It's literally like, they want you to go there and search. And when you click whatever you're searching for, it's going to pull up terms. When you click that term, the top posts from those accounts are going to come out. So if I'm a gut doctor, you see what I'm saying? And someone's looking for a gut health expert. I have a good chance of ranking there if I know how to, to do that, how to get my content to rank there. So it's just got so many cool things. If I'm, you know, it's, it's a great way to get in front of your ideal audience and you can still really do it organically. So I hundred percent, like I always say, Instagram is a new business card because I don't know about you, but anytime that I go anywhere, we never connect phone numbers. We don't connect business cards. We connect our Instagram. Totally. That is just the facts. 
it's Instagram's new business card. That's the way it is. So if you're not on Instagram, you're being judged or you're, you know, like they're going to judge you by your social media. Or if you're on there and you're just, you know, have like random pictures of like weird things, they're going to judge you. You got to have, you got to like be intentional about what you're doing. You mentioned the, all the new features and, and maybe not all the new, but the, the just, there's a ton of features, right? Like, obviously, like you said, you could do reels, yeah. you could do long form IGTV, you could do a regular post, you could do stories, you yeah. could do, fuck, I mean, just exactly. like a ton of stuff. Lives, yeah. guides, there's like so many different things you could do. Now, if anyone understands social media in any capacity, and if they don't, I'm not insulting your intelligence, but when platforms roll out new things, they want you to use them and they typically will reward you for using their new features. So when you have these kinds of things stacking up, how do you kind of choose what's probably going to work out best for you? Like if I like long form, does that mean I need to chill out and just do some really cool short form stuff on reels? Or, you know, or maybe I just need to be all about stories and all swiping up and all this other stuff. How do you kind of make amends with that and just determine? Yeah, that's a great question. You should do all the things, but I will tell you this, that Instagram is very competitive and they want people using their platform. They do not like when their users go onto other platforms. We have seen this with them over and over again. Like I always give this example. If you look at Snapchat, they came out with stories wiped out, you know, like Snapchat now is only like kids because it used to be all the, I used to have a huge Snapchat following and do Snapchat all the time. And as soon as stories came out, I was like, okay, peace out. I only do stories. Uh, same thing with like, I don't know if you remember Periscope. It was yeah. like the live oh, yeah. video app. Everyone was Periscoping and then they're like, screw that Instagram lives. So it's like anytime they see people using a different platform, TikTok reels, um, YouTube, IGTV, they, they want you on the Instagram platform. So with reels, like right now, shockingly, even though it's been out for like whatever, six months or so, it's still getting a lot of organic reach. So I always tell people like, get out of your comfort zone and just try something new. You don't always have to do the same kind of content. Like I'm going to be honest with you. That is not my nature. I'm not like a, like, I'm more of like a, like, here's my stuff. Like I'm direct. I like writing. And so I'm more long form too, but there's a big opportunity to get in front of new people that you can help. So if, if your goal is, you know, I don't know what your goal is. Like if, you know, you want to help a million entrepreneurs become successful or you want to help a million people get healthy, whatever that looks like, that's your, you know, What's the strategy for that? And then what's the tactic? Well, if Reels is hot, you should be looking at to use Reels right now because that's going to get you there. So get out of your comfort zone. I have a board and it says, I like sometimes write myself reminders and it's like, where are you going to get attention today? You know, like I have to think about that on a, on a consistent basis. So what we do, by the way, is we do, we film, edit and distribute content for LinkedIn because LinkedIn's like my platform of choice. Uh, I love it. And I know people don't have time to curate content. It's a little bit more professional, but it's getting a little bit crazy sometimes. So I'm like, hey, I'll show up and shoot. We'll do three months worth of content in four hours. Peace out. You'll have all the content in two weeks and now you don't have to worry about it. Right. Like just like you, how much can I take off their plate or whatever it may be? So uh, when it comes to uh, kind of like the visibility aspect and and you're talking about reels and the organic reach is hot and all that other stuff, what about when it dies off? Then I'm going to say to myself, not me, but like a potential person like, well, Teresa, now I'm screwed because the organic reach is gone. Like no one gives a shit about my IGTV and all these other things. Like how do you maintain kind of like in lifting, right? Like, you know, like you're cutting, cutting, cutting. And then it's like, all right, now I'm in a maintenance phase. Like how do I keep it going? Okay. So first I want to like rewind and I want to go back because it's not, not how much attention can I get. It's how much attention do I deserve to get? Because you have to value people's time and you have to have a reason to get their attention. So I always like, as much as I talk about like growth and light followers and like all that, I'm really big with providing value because you do not deserve anybody's attention. You have to earn their attention. So that's where like, I, I really do try to stress that. And as much as I do hacky things, I always talk about value because 
at the end of the day, if you're not providing value, you can get someone's attention, but they're not going to stay. And I'll give you a ex- perfect example. Um, my sister sent me this like funny, uh, you know, like trailer trash Tammy or whatever that actress is. Have you seen her? She's yes. hilarious. Got my attention. It was a hilarious post. And then I followed her. And then like, it was so uninteresting to me. And I unfollowed because there was nothing of value for me there. Do you see what I'm saying? Like she got my attention, but then I didn't stay because it was like, so not, it was like, why am I following this page? Unfollow. Like, so you got it. Like, why am I on this page? Like, what are you doing for me? And it doesn't have to be a dissertation every post, but you, you know, I always talk about in my presentations, infotainment, are you educating them? Are you motivating or inspiring them? Are you like um, entertaining them somehow? Like, why are they on your page? So I always think about that when I go to post. What do you say to the people who are like, I, I know what I say, but what do you say to people who are like, like provide value? Like that's all anyone hears. And the reason that you, everyone hears it is because it's the freaking truth. Like that is exactly what you need to do. So I tell people, don't get tired when you hear that. That's just the way it is. But what do you say to the people who are like, I'm literally going to run out of things to talk about. Like, how could I possibly talk more about knitting? Like, this is going to be really challenging. I'm going to run out in 30 days. Ooh, I just did a post about this not too long on my page. I don't know if you saw it. So this is a rookie mistake from entrepreneurs is they get tired about talking about topics. And so they stop talking about them and then go off brand. But you have to remember your page isn't for you. It's for your ideal people. So you have to look at your core brand topics and I'll give you a hint. What is your business or are you best at with transformations? What can you help people with the best? That's your core brand topics. What are those things? And then under each of those things, you're going to have different little topics under each of those segments that you could do posts about. And you're going to rotate and rinse and repeat and talk about the same thing over and over in different ways. Maybe you do a real one day, maybe you do something else, but it's the same content over and over and over again, because multiple different reasons. Number one, people need to hear things a bunch of times. Number two, not everyone's seeing your content. This is what we're talking about with Instagram. We'll get to your question in a minute. But on average, less than 10% of people are seeing your content in their feed. So they may not have even seen your last post that you did about it. And then people need to see things in different ways to get it sometimes. So you've got to constantly just, it's, it's really not, this is like the part where you either can stay focused because as entrepreneurs, we're creatives and we're like, we're so bored and tired of talking about this. Da, da, da. And, and listen, you can go off post once in a while. It's not a big deal. You can put stuff, but I'm talking about when people just like, for example, um, I have a girl that did my course and she's a friend of mine actually. And I went to her page and I'm like, where the hell are your core brand topics? I don't even know what you do. You, it's all this like random shit because you're tired of talking about your core brand topics. And I come to your page and I don't even know what your page is about because you're so all over the place. She's like, I know you're right. I'm like, literally you have this whole branding thing in your bio and then your page is nothing about what you can actually help people with. And that's a rookie mistake. You've got to stay focused on like whatever those things are to be successful. It's just repetition. Yeah. Uh, I have a question that has nothing to do with me at all. At all. Uh, if you have your personal page and then you have a podcast, should you have a podcast page too? Or should it all be in one central place? You can. I, I mean, I just had a consult with somebody yesterday and I said, I always recommend having a personal page first because your personal page is going to grow exponentially faster than any business page or any podcast page or anything. However, when your um, podcast gets big enough, I think it can totally, I mean, you could do it now and start it. And the goal is if it gets like to a certain point where you can, you're, it will drive its own traffic. But in the beginning, you're going to be driving more traffic than the podcast page will. So you want to do both, if anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And then I have just a couple more questions. And and this one is, yeah, I mean, it was funny. You talked back, you know, dealing with, you were a coach of coaches and you were dealing, you know, with athletes like type A personalities and all these other things. But these people like you were also moms, right? And they also needed to make sure that, so they had to be 
religious about obviously nutrition, about fitness, about being a mom and about making sure they're marketing themselves, right? Like there's, there's no way around it. Like you have to do that. How do you, you know, kind of make peace with the fact that you are going to have to spend a lot of time online? Like even though you do what you do as the business owner, you still have to be a practitioner, of course. So like, do you ever think to yourself, like what everyone is always saying is like, why would you go to dinner with someone if they're just going to be on their phone the whole time or whatever it is? And like, I got to make sure I'm doing this or I got to make sure I'm responding to DMs or I got to make sure I'm responding to comments. Like, what do you say to people about having the patience and just being like forgiving of themselves? Because that's just part of what it is. I think there's a good balance. I mean, I will be totally honest. When I first started, I used to be like that 24 seven. I was obsessed and I was building, building, building. And then I got to a point where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm so burnt out. And I actually, I mean, you can probably go back and look at my page dates and see, I like barely posted because I was so burnt to a crisp from just working, like running the business, posting. And like, I was almost like burnout. out. Um, so then when I started doing social media again, I'm like, I'm going to do this way more moderately. And I'm going to post when I can post, I'll reply when I can reply. And I'm not going to be on here and I'm not. And I honestly don't consume social media very much anymore. I create. So there's a difference because I'm not on there looking at random people's shit. I mean, I'm on there. Like I look at my client stuff because that's my job. But like when I'm in there, I'm working, I'm creating, or I'm, I'm, I'm creating content for my people. Like I'm rarely in there looking at anybody else's stuff. So that's helped me a lot. Cause I'm not, you see what I'm saying? Like I'm using it for work. I'm not really consuming a lot of it. I'm ridiculously aligned with you. And so I got to meet and interview Gary Vee a couple of times. And the, the second time we were at Vayner and I was just like, look, I was like, I think I get it now. I go, I hardly consume your content now. I know if I ever want to go and check something out, it'll always be there. And he's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's just one of those things, like as a creator or trying to help other people create, that's actually just a distraction. Like that means that's literally taking me away from executing or thinking on my client's behalf of what they could be doing next or kind of searching it out. So I'm completely aligned with you on that. So the last question was, you know, I see uh, on your on your page, like a lot of cool family posts and all that good stuff. I saw you guys doing pushups for veterans. I thought that was freaking awesome. So thanks for doing that. Um, What is the balance when it comes to that? Like, okay, like how often do you put slice of life posts in versus brand posts? And and what about the people who are like, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing that, but that actually might be some of their best content. Yeah, that's a great question. And so I, um, a big part of like the talks that I do, I typically tell people like to be successful on Instagram, you got to have two things. Number one, you do have to keep your page a little bit more personal. And it doesn't mean that you have to freaking everyone's like, what does that mean? Do I have to tell them everything about my life? I'm like, no, but like your followers want to know who you are. They don't want to see your business posts every day. It's boring. It gets boring. Even if they like you, they're going to get bored. They're going to stop engaging. So keeping your posts a little bit more personal. So, you know, like I have a three, two, one, you know, for every three, business posts, you would want to have two personal or at least more personal than to be super personal. It could be your kids and family. It could be you doing a hobby. It could be something about you. It could be something about you relating to your business, but like it's you there talking to them, not like a business post. Um, and then you could do like one CTA because you want to avoid spamming your audience with, Hey, buy my stuff, sign up for this, sign up to that. So it's three, two, one. That's my posting strategy. That, that's, it's one of them that I give away like for free. <laughs> so it's just an easy guide if you don't have a content calendar just keep that in mind when you're going to like look at your posts you know what i mean instead of it's for beginners if you're, if you're like your question is you should have some personal content in there so and i actually would love to have more of my kids but do you have kids yeah two girls how old are they four and one 
Oh, their baby's still oh, oh, I get know. all the pictures while you can. Because when they get bigger. <laughs> I'm, I do video. So it's like, trust me, like I, I have hardly any video pictures and just a fuck ton of videos. <laughs> I'm yeah, obsessed well, with when them. they get bigger, then they don't want to do shit. So it's like, <laughs> I laugh. I see all these like cute mom bloggers with the babies. And I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to last much longer. Because when they get bigger, they don't want to post for anything. And you can't like force them to do it. So like, I would love to have my kids on here more, but they're just not like, they're busy now. You know, they don't want to be in mom's photo shoots all the time. So, but, but you'll see that I do have personal cons on my page. I feel like I let you guys get to know me. You know what I mean? It's not just like business, 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 24 seven. Totally. Totally. I, I've seen it and I like it. And I just have to add on one thing to what you said. It's, it's funny because, uh, I think the last time I was getting a haircut, uh, my barber, she has, she, she has like six kids and I have like two and I'm like, dude, two is like max. I'm like super maxed out. I can't even explain it. Like as a business owner, like new entrepreneur, <laughs> like not even, I, I can't even think about it. And she goes, um, I was telling her like, oh, my daughter, she comes to our room every night, you know, the older one and the the little one, she sleeps like 12 and a half hours a night. She's like a dream. It's ridiculous. And, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to say I was complaining, but I was just being a dad talking about stuff at home. And she goes, uh, you're going to pr- wish they were three when they're 13. And I'm like, I, <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm it's like, so true. dude, I, I love being a girl dad, but I, 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 the, the reckoning is coming. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you have two girls. Yeah. I have one girl and one boy and the girl is exactly like me. And I laugh so much because she's, I don't even know how this happens. It has to be, it's nature and nurture for sure. Like she just came out of the womb with some of my craziness because she is my spawn and she's so crazy, but I love her because it's like, I see myself in her. I'm like, oh my God, my poor parents. (laughs) I put them through hell. But it's so true. This is so cliche. Like it goes fast and you blink. It really does. It's the most depressing thing. My daughter's gonna be 10. My son's gonna be 13. And I look back and I'm like, how did this happen? I have a man. He's like five, six. He's almost as tall as me. It's insane. It's weird. So enjoy every crazy second. I, I promise you I do. And I think about it all the time. And, and I mean, I could probably cut some of this out. Now we're just kind of talking a little bit. I do have one more actual Instagram question. But when I was in the military, you know, I, I was I was not married and I didn't have children. And I feel like I was insanely blessed because when I got out is when I had children and I don't have to worry about the fucking deployments or, you know, I yeah, used to be a helicopter oh pilot. And dude, I lost like a ton of friends, you know, like uh. a bunch of friends who were fathers and whatever and all this other stuff. And I'm like, now it's just kind of like, I take care of myself. Like it would have to be something freak of nature to happen to take me away. But I could not imagine going away for six months to combat where people are trying to kill you. You know, like I just can't even imagine it. So I feel super blessed. So I'm answering your comment, essentially, like I do cherish it. I'm like obsessed, not in like this, you're never going to date kind of way. I'm just like, I stare at them and I'll just be like mm-hmm. smiling for like 30 seconds. Isn't and like, it cute? What? <laughs> I know it's weird, right? That you could love these little things so much. It's insane. So last question is, is um, you mentioned CTAs and let's say I'm reading the newsletter, you know, uh, I'm on your Instagram. I'm following your tips. Like I, I'm doing this stuff and maybe even I invested and I'm like, okay, I got the course, but my cost to action, like nothing is actually causing engagement. And I mean, like likes are good, right? But you want comments, you want DMs or thanks for that post or that was awesome or, or something like that. What do you do when people aren't actually taking the time to write something? Is there something wrong? Like what is the major thing happening there in your CTA? Okay. So this is such a loaded question because it, it's, I, I always say like, I have to go look at what you're doing because I can't I'll give you a one answer, but I can tell you my top offenders. Yes. Biggest offender that I see is the look of the content. 
the graphics suck, the quotes suck, they're bad pictures, like the, the actual images are just not good. Because like I always say, you have less than three seconds uh, to get someone's attention. In fact, I'm going to put this quote up soon. Have you heard, you know, Billy Jean is marketing? Oh yeah, I've, I've met him. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw him at Traffic and Conversions and in one of his talks, he goes, let's face it, you got to beat butt cheeks. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, this is classic. So I'm like, I'm going to quote him and talk about that because this is the truth. When people are in their feed, there's butt cheeks, there's hot chicks. There's like, you got to get their attention out of all that content. So what is your content doing to get their attention? And even girls look at other butt cheeks of girls. <laughs> it's not just guys doing that. Like, that's just the reality of social media. So you got to have appealing like visuals as far as like really good pictures or nice looking quote cards. And a lot of times what I see is even people think they're nice. There's so much going on. They're over-designed. There's like logos everywhere. It's just spammy. So that's the biggest offender that I see. The second thing is like, when you're writing captions, like how are you writing your captions? You know, are you being relatable? Are you telling stories? Like there's so much that goes into writing a good caption. So that's the second thing. Um, and like, are you starting a conversation? So you don't always have to preach to people. You can literally, I like to talk to my followers. I ask them to like reply back a lot and start conversations. Cause I want to hear from them. Like, what are you struggling with? Where are you from? What, you know, whatever, when you, when I say this, what do you think of? It's a conversation. It's not me like preaching to people. Um, so I would say conversations lead to conversions. So it's all of those things combined over time consistently. It's not one thing. Every time I look at my grid, it's like I could see where I'm like trying new stuff. And I'm just like, dude, you just need to stick with something for three, three months and just like see. But that's why. Look at um, your analytics. Yeah. Do you have your page in a business setting? Yeah, I think I changed it to creator. Um, yeah, you, can, you should still get analytics on creator. Account. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And, and I mean, things have been going well. Like I, it's excruciatingly slow, but that's because LinkedIn is like my, where, I, where I really live. But this is a year I'm, I'm definitely, I, I know you hear this all the time, but this is a year I'm trying to get Instagram <laughs> to where it's supposed to be. Just be consistent. And, and this is my biggest tip. You don't have to post every day. I, I love Gary Vee, but I completely disagree with that advice that he gives everybody. Like they're like, you got to be seen everywhere. You got to post multiple times. I do not agree with that because even if you have amazing content, if I follow someone and I love their content, if I see their shit four times a day, I'm going to mute their ass because that's just annoying. It's annoying. And even if I don't mute them, I'm going to stop engaging with it because I've already seen it four times today. So you're going to hurt your page in the long run. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't want to do that. It's better to post whenever you can, like whatever, every other day, every third day, twice a week with really good shit than it is to try to just post crappy stuff all the time. And let's face it, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, the people that are telling you to do that have major production teams to do that. Us new entrepreneurs don't have that kind of manpower. So we cannot do that. Like it's impossible. So that's, I love Gary, but like, that's the one thing I completely disagree with him on is that tip of advice. Cause it's not, it's not good for most people. I, I get it. And I mean, just thinking about some of those numbers, I'm just like, there's no way I could do that. Like that would literally suck up my whole day. And if it didn't suck up my whole day, then I would have to pay someone to suck up their whole day to do it. And they're probably going to fuck it up because like I needed to be yeah. this way. It's going to take a long time. So anyway. And you're going to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Uh, we'll definitely link all your stuff in the show notes, but where do you want people to find you? And is there any, any kind of, you know, books or freemiums that you want people to see? Definitely let us. Oh yeah. Actually, if you want, um, I can give you the link and I'll give you guys a free gift. It's like a, a free, the 20 steps to 10 extra engagement on Instagram download. I got yeah. that. You have it? It's so good. It's like our 20 top tips that we can yeah. give you to implement. I'm like weird. I put notes from things to notes in my phone because that's just like easy for me. Yeah. But yeah, there was yeah. like some really good stuff in there. I was like this, I, I immediately knew, and I'm not saying this because you're on the podcast. I could actually stop it in yeah. a second here, but like, it was just different. It was just different. And I was like, okay, like this is real talk. She's, she's talking this way, but these are like little idiosyncrasies that 
I, I absolutely know could make a difference. And why is anyone else not talking about it? So definitely subscribe to her newsletter. So we'll we'll uh, we'll link the checklist in there. But what's your Instagram handle and anywhere else you want people to find you? Yeah, you can find me um, Instagram and my Facebook page is at Teresa DePasquale. It's my name. Teresa with an H. There's a. Yes. <laughs> There's a... Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Leadership Blocker and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey everyone, thanks for listening again. Ratings. Ratings matter, reviews matter, and we've been getting a bunch. And I'm I'm thrilled about it. More comments, more DMs, more ratings, more reviews, and that that's such a positive sign. So number one, thank you to everyone who has. Number two, if you could share it with people in your network or your friends, anyone who could get anything out of it, any of these episodes, as a matter of fact, definitely do that. That is uh, the best thing you could possibly do for us. And if you haven't yet reviewed the podcast, then please do so because that just helps us move up, get noticed, help more people. That's all we really want to do. Talk to you soon.